Okay, let's learn. <clears throat> in the middle of one of the most difficult, of one of the most difficult pieces here in in Savaziras, in the uh, new in the new edition on Shin, page Shin Nun Hey on top, regardless of Kedushasim eyes. I don't know exactly where that would be in the uh, in the older edition, but on page twenty-eight, regardless Kedushasim Zos, it's uh, it's very difficult to uh, summarize to recap what. What uh, has been going on in this Torah until now? It, it's it's just a, it's very complicated. And it's very uh, it's very much the product of something that was so spontaneous that it's uh, on the whole the Rebbe was the Rebbe, in this Torah here, which is a tefillah and an outcry. The Rebbe is struggling to to yearn for Hashem in such a way to have such a chukah for Hashem that his uh, very life. Would be transformed in such a way that, in such a way that uh, that his entire way of looking at the world would be completely altered, would be completely changed. And he was basing it upon the pasuk of uh, that he began with I will praise Hashem with my very life, meaning that it's not an issue of giving up his life, although he does mention that the readiness to give up his life for Hashem, but. That even if I even if I'm limited, even if I personally am limited with my own kaiches and what I could do for Hashem and serving Hashem, <clears throat> the Rebbe himself was davening that that deeper part of who he of who he of who he was, that part that he's not able to see, the chai yechida, the soul of his soul, ahala Hashem that with that part of me. May that part, Hashem, may you ignite that deeper part of who I am inside of me in such a way, in such a way that, that it will have a, an impact on my, on my day-to-day way of serving you. On page Shinun Hei, we just started that, or that's what we're up to, is the Rebbe understands that, that he's limited and he, and he's afraid to ask for, for an experience that was that an experience that that only the, the greatest tzaddikim and the neviim and the prophets were able to were able to go through. Nonetheless, nonetheless, since he believes completely that the essence of a Jew, no matter who it is, even himself, that the essence is is a tzaddik. There is a tzaddik hidden within. Therefore, it's possible that Hashem's help to, on some level, even in the absence of nevuah. To experience something of that, so let's continue. Begadlus kedushasam zos, in the greatness of their holiness. And he's speaking now about the tzaddikim and the neviim. Chaticha is elam hazeh avnei chutzas laanchei chutz b'dei kadshem avanim tayvus hayu. So, this, I think we just did this last week that um, in the eyes of the tzad, in the eyes of these tzaddikim and these neviim. What were simple rocks in the eyes of simple people, in the eyes of regular people, were for them precious, precious stones. Meaning that the tzaddikim, the neviim, as we learned last week, they were able to see beyond the simple physical reality of this world. They were able to see the moshal, not just the nimshal. Even though we all believe in, I'm sorry, they were able to see, they were able to see the nimshal, not just the moshal. Even though we all believe Look, we all <clears throat> believe in the nimshal. We all believe that everything that uh, surrounds us has has meaning and is and is concealing something much greater than what appears to us. But the tzaddikim and the neviim, they mamish saw it. So, the, so regular people would see simple rocks, but the tzaddikim would see and the neviim would see avanim tovus. They would see precious stones when they looked at this world. Benezer kotzech hakavu. And, and they would and they would take these precious stones and set them into Hashem's holy crown, and they would and they would glorify Hashem's Hashem's uh, royal crown. Meaning that since they saw everything in the world for what it really, really for what it really is, they saw the nimshal, not just the mashal. They saw what everything means. So they <coughs> they were able to use everything in the world, everything that they saw. They were able to use. In a way to glorify Hashem, so we don't see that. You know, we don't see that uh, so much. 
To, to us, it's not obvious, it's not apparent, and we have to work very hard to think of how could this moment be used in a way to serve Hashem? How could my, how could my experience at work? How could the, just on a regular, you know, on a regular day, what could I, what is it about this moment that could be, that could be set into Hashem's crown? But since the tzaddikim and the neviim, they saw even simple rocks as precious gems, and everything in the world for them was the nimshal, they saw shining the nimshal, the deeper meaning, the tzaddikim and the neviim were able to take even the what appeared to be the least significant things in life and to set them in Hashem's crown as a way of serving Hashem, which is the essence of all Hasidus. This is something which, which, uh, which uh, eludes us more than anything in modern times how to how to make the the ordinary moments of life meaningful and filled with holiness. Af lapide lahav minhoid levush malchuscha even flaming lapide laha, flaming torches. from the splendor of Hashem's royal garments, with rays of pure, of pure light. They were able to take the ordinary and simple things in life and to draw into the world from those simple things. Rays in the splendor of Hashem's glory. Ubakol, and in everything. Min ha'ayin In every single thing, from absolute nothingness to somethingness. Min ha'olam va'ad ha'olam. They saw everything as a connection between one world and the next. In their eyes, in the eyes of the tzaddikim and the neviim, there was no emptiness that separated between the other world and this world. That's not With, with us, it's not like that. With us, we all believe in Olam Haba. We believe that there's a spiritual dimension of reality, but uh, we see the we see the physical things. We don't we believe in the spiritual. But the tzaddikim, it's a certain way. It's the opposite. They they're completely in touch and they experience the spiritual and they believe also that there's a world. They believe there's also a world. Min <clears throat> but the neviim and the tzaddikim, in their lives, these two worlds are mamish bound together. As they, they were able to see this, the, the ray of Hashem's glory, of splendor. And they were able to praise you using, using great titles of praise. <clears throat> they were able to praise Hashem for everything in life. And their very beings, their very beings, uh, meaning of these tzaddikim, these neviim, their very beings were, were, were only what? To serve one purpose, to praise and to sing songs to Hashem. Everything in the life of that tzaddik was simply an expression of godliness. And, and, and whatever the tzaddik would do, the way that he, the way that the tzaddik or the navi would eat, would sleep, would drink, every single thing was an expression of Hashem's holiness. Because they were in touch with Hashem's with Hashem's presence and all of these things. Not only not only did they experience this themselves, but they were able to cause others whose lives were dark. They were they were able to cause the darkness of other Jews to be illuminated. That doesn't mean that the other Jews understood what the tzaddikim were looking at. They didn't see what the tzaddikim were, 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 were seeing. They didn't understand that. The other Jews just went to bask in the, in the light of the tzaddik's presence, to be near the Navi. But, but as a result of even being near the tzaddik and being in the presence of the Navi, the simple Jews who generally lived in darkness were able to experience great light. Even though these regular Jews were only able to see the material world, the yesh, and even when the Nevi'im when the Nevi'im would speak, and the the would describe their visions, the regular people they didn't they didn't necessarily see the nimshal at all. They didn't understand the deeper significance and meaning. They didn't see what the Navi was, they didn't see what the Navi was seeing. But, right, and it was, in their eyes, these were the Navi. When the Navi was talking about uh, a mountain, the Navi was talking about uh, was talking about. Um, a tree. So, in the eyes of the regular people, the, the Navi was describing mountains and trees. They, they didn't. They didn't see it in such a way. You see, when we learn Chazal, we learn a Medrash. 
So in the Medrash, for instance, Horim, mountains, are parents, are Horim. Right? So, so Chazal say, I'll take me Horim, El Horim. I turn my eyes to the mountains, Dovid Malik said. So Chazal say means Horim, mountains means Horim, parents. So for people like us, we say, oh, that's such a cute little thing. Such a cute thing how Chazal do that. You know, they, you know, <coughs> I wish I could do that. Or some people think, or some people think the scholarly types say, how could Chazal do that? It doesn't say that. It says Horim. And Horim means mountains. Every child knows that Ahar is a mountain. And Chazal say, Essay Nai Ala Horim is Horim. I turn my eyes to the parents who are the parents of Mitzvah and Yaakovs. And Gavos, in, 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 in Pashas Bala, Gavos, Chazal say, means the mothers, the Imahos. Right? So, so, people who are learning Chazal, this is a major problem in how, in how people misunderstand and misread what's happening in Chazal. So people look at that and think that it's a nice play on the word. Harim is harim. It's nice. Either that or it's, it's, or, it's, or it's a perversion of Hebrew. That's how people look at it. What, what the Rebbe is explaining, and we, have to, and we have to understand, even though we don't see this with our eyes, to believe in this, that when the Tzaddik, when the tzaddik looked at mountains, when the Tzaddik, and when Dabra Malach said, they saw what the mountain really is. They saw the Nimshal. Chazal, in these Midrashim, that seemed so odd to us, and seemed to be tampering so much with the Pshat, we don't understand what's going on. Chazal, it wasn't like a, a nice vart, that they would say, this is nice. Chazal Mamish saw this. Chazal saw this. In their eyes, in their eyes, the two worlds were connected. And in that way of seeing things, the harm and the harm are one and the same. They didn't see this, they didn't see a difference between them. Only when we read these madrashim, we say, oh, come on, you know, what are you talking about? What does that mean? And it can't be. But that's exactly how they saw reality. So the regular Jews didn't see this at all. So they would hear a nice, it was a nice drosh about, about a mountain, to Dashin, to Hiram, and Hiram, it's nice, but they didn't see this at all. Virak, Virak, Mehem So the simple Jews were only able to hear holy hints. In other words, they were able to, you know, like I said, it's, it's a nice word, it's a beautiful idea. They didn't, the Bechlal didn't see this before their eyes. They just heard nice hints and nice ideas. But this is the key. That even though they were only able to see things in a physical way, and they were all, and they were only able to, okay, you don't have to bother. So, so. And they were able to, and they were able to only hear little hints of these ideas. Nevertheless, the Rebbe says that their hearts and souls would tremble when they would be near the tzaddikim, they would, and they would, they would hear the neviim. The hearts and souls would mamish tremble when they would hear the navi, when they would hear the tzaddik. Because when the tzaddikim and the Nevi'im were describing things that they experienced, that they saw, or they were praising Hashem, you hear what he says there, Rabbi? These are not, these were not stam ramazim and mishalim. These are not n- a, a nice play on words. Oh, thank you. Okay, Shkaya. <clears throat> These are not only a nice play on words using Mishalim. They weren't just telling Maiselach. These are not Maiselach. A person learns Sefer Bereshis, he thinks he's reading Maiselach. And the Zarkada says that if you think that you're reading you're reading the stories of uh, in Chumash, and you think that these are stories, so you're worthy of being put to death, the Zara says. You're worthy of dying, because you're missing the point. That's why That's why there were tzaddikim who said very, very unusual tyras. When you look, you look at the... Thank you so much. I appreciate it. 
So, there, there are certain tzaddikim when you see, for instance, for instance, when you look at the when you look at the tires, things that were said by the tzaddik with Meir Permishlana. So you're looking like, so if you're like, a, again, if you're the, uh, if you're looking for the pshat, so forget it. The, the whole, the whole posik is, is butchered into a million pieces. And it's taken apart in such a way that you have to realize that let's say, let's say there are certain things from the Bidditcher from Gdusha's Levi. Where, where there's a posik that, that when you read the pshat in the posik, it's, it's talking about something terrible. It's talking about something terrible. And when we would read the Pasik, when we read the Pasik, it sounds like something terrible. And then then the Baditcha would read the Pasik and he would put the he would put the uh comma in a certain way and he'd emphasize a certain part of the Pasik and it came out that the Pasik and it came out that the Pasik was that the Pasik was so beautiful and so sweet that the that the Pasik was filled with chasadim, was filled with chasid. So so, a person who's not, a person who's not, uh, who doesn't understand, who doesn't understand this, and what the thanks, who doesn't understand what the tzaddik is, what the tzaddik is, is is doing at the moment, so he looks at that, he looks at that, at that tyra, and he's troubled by it, and he says, how can you say such a thing? That's not the way the Ben Ezra learns in the Sfarno and the Ramban. What are you talking about? How could that be? But that's not what the tzaddik was seeing at the moment. The tzaddik, the tzaddik at that moment in time, at that moment in time, the tzaddik, the tzaddik saw, okay, fine. The tzaddik saw and he understood and he knew at that, at that second that there was a certain chesed that was shining, there was a certain love, there was a certain kindness that was shining from those words. And then the tzaddik had to be malbish, he had, he, in his Torah, in order to draw the chasadim, it, it doesn't, doesn't pay if it's not going to It's okay. Okay, good. Thanks, me. That the tzaddik, that the tzaddik wanted to wanted to draw that chesed into the world in the levush of that pasuk, and he saw that that's at that moment that's what the pasuk was saying. It doesn't mean that that's. It doesn't mean that that's you know somebody so somebody thinks that God forbid when you learn chumash it's like lahavdal like reading something in Shakespeare that there are rishonim and achrayim in Shakespeare and people are saying this pshatl and that pshatl. That has nothing to do with mitzias. Shakespeare meant a certain thing when he wrote, when he copied that. He most of the things he didn't write himself, but but Shakespeare meant something something specific when he when he wrote that sonnet or he wrote that he wrote that play. He meant something. So a person who a person who is used to that kind of material when when he hears uh, the way that the Bidishva or the Rabbi Elamelech or he hears the Rebbeir Pramishlan how they learned the Posik. and many places in the Vilna Gaon, many many places in the Vilna Gaon. But the Vilna Gaon also does such a thing with the Pasik. But it's certainly now Alder Hapshat. So, so the person says, what's going on? That's not what it means. He just, this guy who says that is missing the, is missing the boat completely. He just doesn't chap. He doesn't understand. Therefore, he says, they're not just telling my siluch that Sadiqim and the Nevi'im. Ki begadl k'dushasam u begadlus aramusam lamalam anahevdal because of the greatness of the tzaddikim, the neviim, their great holiness, that they were able to rise above, they were able to rise above the dichotomy of the two worlds, the, what appears to be the conflict or the separation between the two worlds, the tzaddikim, the neviim, were able to rise above that. They saw one great royal garment spread out over the whole world, one big Peace of godliness over the entire world. So when they looked at a simple physical thing and they saw what it really was, and they saw at that moment what the pasuk was saying and what was was needed to be revealed in that pasuk, everything was one great royal garment. It wasn't that there's my physical life and the things that I see and that I experience, that I smell and touch and feel, that and hear, and then there's something which is beyond this world. In the in the life of the tzaddik and the life of the navi, it was one great royal garment. Nothing, in the, nothing existed for the tzaddik, for the tzaddikim, for the nevim, besides Hashem's throne of glory. Of a whole dover. 
of the Hillelu Tiaru Veshibich Veshmayis Baruch Tamid. And therefore, and every single thing, every single thing to them became a, a fiery torch of holiness with which they would serve Hashem and praise Hashem and, and sing, sing songs to Hashem. And he, th- this is explained in the note that, that the Rebbe wrote on the bottom. Since the Nevi'im and the Tzaddikim, even when they were describing the physical world, were not describing abstract concepts, just using Mishalom and so on. But they were actually describing the light of Hashem as it's manifested in this world, in such a way, therefore, even simple Jews who were sitting around the table of the tzaddik, who were sitting near the navi, and they heard these words coming out from the tzaddik or from the navi, the simple Jews were trembling and shaking, even though they were so physical, but since the tzaddik was drawing from that world, from that world of truth, into this world, they were bringing that light into this world. Even simple Jews were able to were able to be uplifted. This is this is what the Rebbe is saying here, and he talks much more about these in Yonim and Hachshoros of Reichim. But the Rebbe is saying here, it's hard to describe uh, the the experience. Uh, uh, when I was driving here, so I was listening to somebody in the radio chazing over last night's uh, Indian. <laughs> so so uh, he was saying that well, this is the closest thing I've ever had to a religious experience. Was the, somebody said this is the closest being he was in the stadium you know. so he said the closest thing I ever had to a religious experience so so what I mean it's Rahman it's, you know such a thing but but um, which which is why you can understand how there could even be a Shemitz of Avodah in these things a little bit you have to be careful they, he himself said it was, it was a little bit of a religious experience so they just need to play an organ and, and you know, and to say some 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 tillim or something. But it was something of religious experience. What he what he was saying was that he felt unbelievably excited, unbelievably excited to to a point to, uh, uh, where his hergation, where his feelings were taking over his his being. And this is something which which uh, people who are not who do not understand the darche hachasidus, the ways of chasidus, and and the point of the tzaddikim by the table, by the tish, and being in the presence of a tzaddik. And why is it that that Jews were moisa nefesh, moisa nefesh mamish, to, to, to spend their last penny, and to be moisa nefesh, to endanger their lives, and their marriages and everything, to be able to spend a Rosh Hashanah, a yantiv, in the presence of in the presence of a tzaddik. To, to make a pilgrimage for, you know, tens of thousands of Jews to go to a a little mud hole that was called bells, you know. What was bells? Or that they, or that you see, they still have pictures of the of the chutzir of the court of the imremis of Nger, that that he had that, that they couldn't even daven in a building. There was no place to daven, and thousands of people walking around also. And 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 what it meant for these Jews to sit around the table by tzaddik and to just look at the tzaddik and to be in his presence, so the tzaddik would say tyrant. There was a deacon that hardly spoke, that hardly said a word. And how Jews and how Jews were pushing and shoving to be near the tzaddik. And if you think that it was any different by the navi making a mistake, it's exactly how it was by the neviim. And and chesidus is a hemshech of, of the the way of the neviim. <clears throat> but the Rebbe saying here is that even the simple Jews who just who, who couldn't even chap, who didn't even understand. Like I'm thinking, you know, you had you had these Jews. Then you had you'd have thousands of people packing in to hear a maimer from a from a from a tzaddik that. That they Bechlal didn't understand. Bechlal didn't understand. He didn't have a shaykh as to what the tzaddik was saying. He heard Maimer, an Amkus, a deep Maimer. It used to be that that, that by the Fabrengans, Lubavitch Rebbe, when he would say a Maimer, so, he, he, you know, there were a couple of old people behind him that, that understood, maybe. The rest of the Oilam, though, he was, he was out there, you know, he was out there. But, but, if you were there, you, would know, you, you could never forget being there. And you can never forget the impact that the words that you didn't even understand intellectually had upon you. Because the tzaddik was at that moment was drawing something from that other world, 
from this world into this world, from meaning from that other dimension of this world into the world. And even though you didn't understand it intellectually, but you but you but you felt something. It wasn't the closest that you came to religious experience. It was a religious experience, and it was an emesdic <coughs> religious experience that, that that a person was able to feel by being in the presence of the tzaddik. This is something we're we're missing very very much in our lives. We're missing terribly in our lives. Va'anu. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And the, and, and the the tzaddik himself is a nace. The tzaddik himself is a nace. The tzaddik himself is is revealing Hashem in the most remarkable way. That's why that's why I've mentioned this many times in the past. You could you could hear a million lectures on the subject, on the subject of uh, of uh, of kashus, the shabbos, the tznius, whatever. But but when you stand next to the tzaddik. You want to be that way. Because because elokus, because godliness is revealed. Even though he doesn't say it to you. Or the tzaddik will say it to you, uh, will say to somebody, keep Shabbos. And this guy's been listening for 30 years. Everybody explained to him what Shabbos means. And he's been to all these outreach things. And he's seen all the codes. And, <coughs> and the tzaddik says, you should keep Shabbos. He, he doesn't have to say it. The guy walks away feeling, you know what, I maybe I should keep Shabbos. There was a... My Rebbe in high school was a was a tremendous tamachacham. It's like you had these you had these European Jews that that after the war they 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 like I don't know why the hashgach was that they ended up teaching Torah to like a bunch of leitzanim like a, you know it just happened in a lot of the yeshivas because they didn't get jobs these Jews and they were coming to talk to us and look who the the biggest the biggest idiots in the world and these were people that you know this my Rebbe learned by Baruch Bear and I found out you know he was a guy in Otsum this Rebbe and when I went there to Israel and I went. Because he said, he told me to go in if you're in Eretz Yisrael, go in to say hello. If you're in the Mir, say hello to the Rosh Hashiv, and go in if you're to Michael Feinstein and Bnei Brak. And when I went in, I said, you know, like I said, hey, you know, Rabbi, I got regards to you. <laughs> so, so like, you know, and he said, oh, Rabbi my friend, you know, so I, we didn't even know, we didn't realize who he was. It was a tremendous Tamil So he remembered, he said to us once in class, he said to us once in class that he remembers that when, he remembers when the Chavetz Chaim came, came to Grodna, he was in Grodna. And the Chavetz Chaim came to Grodin. And, um, and he said that uh, there are a few things that he remembers. First of all, he remembered how, how he, the Chavetz Chaim was very upset when he found out that they were, that they were bidding for who would have the schus to carry the Chavetz Chaim's chair into the Bismarck. He couldn't walk anymore. And the Chavetz Chaim caught wind of this. And he was, and he was uh, very upset. And he stopped it. He, he stopped it. That they shouldn't do such a thing. And then he also said that the Chavetz Chaim came for the specific purpose to talk about to talk about tzniyus. That there, that the winds of secularism in modern, the modern world were not just drifting into town, but there were there was pretty much a hurricane. So he said that. So the Chavetz Chaim, the Chavetz Chaim, they had to put it. He said he remembers they had to put a box. He was so short and so tiny. They put a box and they lifted him up and put him on this box. And he said you couldn't really barely see his eyes because his hat was coming down over his. He wore a cap, you know, and it came down over it came down over his forehead because he didn't want to change the cap because it was still a good cap. So he used to put paper in it. And on Shabbos he didn't put the paper in it. He didn't want to walk with the paper in the hat Shabbos. So he was talking on Shabbos. So the hat would slip down. And the Chavetz Chaim got up there, and he said there were every single every single. Man, woman, and child was packed and was and standing outside by the windows and every <clears throat> and the Chavetz Chaim just said, started crying. You know, Yiddish Atach. They said, Jewish. He says, Benayis Hamelach, daughters of the King, have Rachmanus Chusal Nafshechem, have pity on your souls, dress properly, cover yourselves properly. He didn't. He didn't say over oh, there's a medrash says like this and Chazal and the Zoya says and every Akadish and there's a machlokes between the Rambam and the Ramban and the Ravid says like this. He just said. And he knew all of that. But he just said, he just said, just do the proper thing. And my Rebbe said that for, like, for the next month, even the, even the, the least religious girls, like, they, you know, when, when the guys would come to talk to them on the street, they would, they would run away. Don't you, didn't you see the Chavetz? Didn't you hear the Chavetz Chaim? And they were running like with shawls over them and, and running through. He said it lasted for maybe three weeks a month. After that, slowly, you know, they descended back into a C minor. But, but there was a. Can you imagine the Chavetz Chaim? Chavetz Chaim didn't didn't explain. But when he said, 
And he said, sneezes. He doesn't, nowadays he can't do it. You know, you can get a teacher, a very nice teacher to get up in front of a classroom of girls. And she says that word and the girls, they, their stomachs turn, right? The teacher says, girls, sneeze. And they all go, get me out of here. <laughs> Not sneeze. There's the, the tzaddik word, right? Sneeze. Chavetz Chaim, Chavetz Chaim, when he said it's sneeze, <clears throat> because they, because when you're near the tzaddik and, 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 and you hear him, even if he doesn't say it, you know that it's coming from someplace real. It's not it's not something that I think is right or the Rebbe was thought was a good idea. He was in that world when he said it. He was there, and he and he therefore was able to draw it into the life of the people who were near him, who were attached to him, and and we we just we just don't understand what that means, and we don't realize how much that's missing from our lives. And he says, us now, our sons and all the generations, we're still relying upon their holy thoughts of these tzaddikim and their intentions when we daven, when we praise Hashem, we're relying upon the kavanas, the thoughts and the deeper meanings that they revealed. The Rebbe says, I in my poverty... I'm so far away from the greatness of the holiness of these people. I'm very, very far. I, 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 I haven't even been, been worthy to see the, the dirt upon which their feet, upon which they were walking. And to my great regret, I'm not going to be able, I'm not going to be worthy to see this. Therefore, how could I describe my perception of Hashem? And who am I? And, and, and what is it exactly that I'm longing for? I'm not going to be worthy to reach a level of these tzaddikim, these neviim. So, what is it that I'm exactly, what is it that I want? What is it that I'm looking for? And why is it that I'm filled with such a, a, a yearning, lafamim ad Sometimes to the point that a mamish hurts me. I'm in pain. As tehilais chayai, the chidosi lazamer, the Rebbe returns and says, "I don't see the things that tzaddikim saw in the neviim. I don't know what they're talking about." But he says something inside of me does see that. There is a part of me that does see that. Jews, Jews on Nevi'im b'nei Nevi'im and Amech Kulam Tzadikim each one of us has a piece of, of prophecy in us and each one is a, is a Tzadik every Jew has this inside of him so he says therefore as Tehillah's Chayai v'yichidosi l'zamer I'm begging you Hashem I'm calling upon you to help me that the, that the inner again that soul of my soul that inner part of me that's a Novi that's a Tzadik should be able to sing to you there's birchos, and it should have an it should have an effect upon my life. Even though I won't necessarily, I won't understand intellectually what it means. I won't be able to perceive things the way that tzaddikim and nevim did. But inside of me, that should be an experience somehow that touches me. There's birchos ruchim in the shmosi lahachvis arganavshi, and may the 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 blessings of my deeper ruach and my neshama proclaim the longing of my soul. Not just what my heart understands, what I'm able to understand intellectually. Something which I can imagine or estimate in my mind. Hashem, help me to sing and to scream out that which my inner soul is right now experiencing. Notice, I don't understand what it is. And I, and I'm, and I, 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 I never will. I never will. I'm not. A, I'm not a tzaddik. I'm not a navi. I never will. But inside of me, there is something that, that that is able to experience this. Allow me. Give me the. Give me the opportunity to 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 sing that to call that out. Even if I don't understand, it makes no sense to me. But that I should have that, so to speak, religious experience. <laughs> And, and your splendor, Hashem, which my body and my tongue can't explain, can't understand. Certainly not to understand or to, to, to sing to understand. 
I am driven to call out. Orga Navshi Lalois Alhar Nishbev Likra Bakal. My soul is longing to rise up to a mount to the highest mount, to climb the highest mount and to scream out. Ainkilokeno, Ainkadaneno, Ainkimalkeno. Ubidvarim Elu. Kolkach Lahave Esh Yaitsu and Hashem, may it be that when I say these words, even though I'm nobody, even though I don't understand, may I say these words in such a way that 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 fiery that that Lahaveyesh, that flames will come out for me, for my words. The Cholkach Galek Dushoscha Lukadesh is Kol Ha'ilum Yishtoif. And may it be that when I say those words, Enkelokena, that waves of Hashem's holiness may will will come forth. Lukadesh is Kol Ha'ilum Yishtoif to sanctify the whole world and to flood the entire world to clean the whole world. Even though I don't know that that's happening, I don't understand it. <clears throat> but may it happen. Adshim in kapis raglai, to the point that even the mounds of dirt that are under my 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 feet, my shoes, va'ad tzipur kalkanaf to the highest heights of the birds flying in shemaim, ashatachas shemaim likedushin niglaisis habchu, may all be transformed into revealed and visible elokus. May the whole world be uplifted and changed and affected by my words also. Even though I don't understand the nimshal, I don't see the nimshal. The tzaddikim levim saw. But my neshama and my my deepest soul of souls does see that. Therefore, Hashem, when I sing to you, when I speak, when I serve you, may that also bring somehow a transformation in the world of Hashem's, where elokus, where godliness is fully revealed in such a way, where from the lowest piece of dirt, to the highest bird that's flying in, in Shemaim, may, may they experience godliness as a result of my calling to you. Min from the blade of grass, to the to the stars and their and, and their courses and their course, Hashemayim varus heaven and earth and all that exists, may they all wake up for my scream. May the whole world wake up for me, for my scream. And we could do this too. And we say it in davening, as we learned the Rabbi said before, we say it in davening. When we scream out, Halus Hashem and Hashemayim, and we scream out all the Psukim, Psukim de Zimra, and we call upon the entire world and every blade of grass, and Sipar Kanaf, and every bird that's flying. That happens when we, we could do that. When we say the words. Umilah Havelyan Asha Yisraim, Al Yodi Yaamdu. And from that current of that supernal flame, that fire, that's that's uh, um, <coughs> appearing because of what I'm doing, may they all stand up, may the entire world rise up. Yikru Alehem. May they tear off from themselves the garments that conceal Hashem. May they all become completely attached into one into one being that is praising Hashem. And may all of creation, the birds and the dirt and everything in creation, take off that garment that conceals, and to call out together with me and scream out, Hashem Hulukim, Hashem Hulukim. Then there will no longer be. Physical reality will no longer will no longer exist. Will not mean anything. Zulas kol neder. All that will be in existence is one great, amazing voice. One one great symphony. Kol adir, a powerful voice, has so erbli hefsek that it's storming without end. Veroish levli lachdol. And doesn't give up. Doesn't give up. Doesn't stop. Ves kol lekedusha selakim emale af mahapeh, and fills everything with. With uh, with elokus with godliness and transforms all that exists. Now once again the doubts. How dare I? How dare I attempt to change the entire world to get the birds and the and and, and the flowers and the oceans and the, everything into the to, to get them involved in this song? How dare I attempt to do such a thing? 
If I still haven't even sanctified and lifted up my own body, so what am I going to... I'm going to change the whole world. How dare I make that... How dare I make that effort, that attempt to change an entire universe when I haven't even succeeded in changing my own life? So how could I influence the entire world to call out to Hashem, to sing Hashem's praises? How could I do that? By goofy diamond. How dare I? How dare I, or is it how dare I think I could do that since I haven't reached that stage? Let's see. So he says, "Bait goofy daimem." If my body is still silent, ona elokai velokai havasai. Please, Hashem, you know my God and God of my fathers. Right, sani limsa is kol atzmi. Right, sani limsa is kol atzmi. I want to give over my entire being, leevid lecha, to 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 serve you, ulagdishcha. And to reveal your holiness. Choshka nafshi. Shemin kol evorai min kapayis raglai vad yechidasi. The Rebbe believes. The Rebbe believes it's possible. He knows it's possible. He just feels that that something is holding him back. And in Matthias, is it holding him back? Or is it his fear that it's holding him back? It's not clear. But I think he, he, he wavers. And how he looks at this, but he says, "Choshka nafshi, shemin kol min kol evorai min kapas raglai vadechidasi." He says, "Still, even though it seems it seems audacious, it seems just absolutely crazy that somebody like myself who hasn't who hasn't yet inspired his own body to behave properly, to be on fire with this. So how could I? Although he, he does believe that he can do it." He believes that every Jew can do that because remember he believes that his his inner soul <clears throat> is standing in God's presence and can do that even though he doesn't himself even though he himself hasn't been transformed by it that the, that that therefore may it be that all of my limbs from the bottom of my feet to the very essence of my being kol echad yeshama that one voice should come out Hashem elokei Yisrael melech kalu as al malchus aleichem to tell the whole world. To accept the yoke of Hashem's malchus. And may it be that the same way we've been taught by Chazal, that ever since Har Sinai there's a voice, there's a baskol, there's a sound that enters into the heart of every Jewish person every single day of his life that's telling him to return to Hashem. So to the Rebbe says, I have made a complete and total decision and a commitment. May Atta from now on, Lavadoscha to serve you. And I don't know what it means and I don't understand, but I give myself over to you. This is my this is my this is the tachlis of my entire life. This is my tachlis. And in this I immerse myself day and night. Now what about his what about the Rebbe's shortcomings that he claims that he has? That he, so how dare I proceed with this? So the Rebbe says So what happens? It's true sometimes the offering of a Jewish person is blemished. There's something, there's something wrong with the with the offering. It's missing something. If at the time that the person brings the offering, it's not completely, completely with one million percent with the with the perfect intention that it's that it's for Hashem. And and what happens if when the person brings the mincha? The offering to you, Hashem, for a moment he slips, he forgets, and he has something of this world in his mind. But still, 
This was his real offering. It was his real intent. Okay, he couldn't, he couldn't concentrate completely. He slipped a little bit into this world. But his real deepest intent was to bring you that offering, Hashem. That's what he wanted. Therefore, I'm offering myself to you, even though I'm blemished. And even though I, I have certain connections still to the physical world, and my, therefore this offering is not directed entirely, completely, one million percent to you. So still I offer myself as an offering to you. Please, Hashem, I beg you to have mercy. The Kabbalah accept me. Veslibi Hanishbar Bekirbi and accept my broken heart. And if it happens that over the course of my life I forget this thought, I forget my intentions. In Bayoim of Alayla, whether it's in the day or it's at the night. Whether I'm awake or I'm asleep. Whether I'm awake or asleep, he says. May it be Hashem that my moment of forgetting the orphaning of my life to you may it not be disqualified. And may the and may that avdus, my servitude to you, and the fact that I have given myself to you and you own me, may that kinyan, may that may that kinyan not be broken. Hashem, I beg of you, look at me. My entire life, even my physical being, as a means, as a way that I'm trying to bring to you this orphan, the mincha of my body and my soul to serve you. So the Rebbe is making a Kabbalah. <coughs> the Rebbe is making to try to to establish a certain mitzvah, a certain reality that will that will continue throughout his life. Even at moments when he's not focused on it. And now, Hashem, Hashem have pity. Hashem, just like when the angels are moving their wings, the sound that comes out from that movement is the sound of your holy name, Shindalad Yud. And from the very lips of a Jew and the throat of a Jew who just says the words of your Torah and of your davening, of your tefillah, that, that torches of fire leap into the world. That the darkness of the world is, the darkness of the world is pushed aside and the world becomes illuminated by the light of that, of, of the fire that comes out from the mouth of a Jew. I ask you, Hashem, to accept me. Avgam Gufi, and even my physical body, to that mouth of above, meaning that that higher realm of speech. And may it be that all the movements of my body, just like when the angels are moving, that the names of Hashem, when the angels move, that the names of Hashem are somehow being formed. May it be that in all of my movements, whether it's with my lips, or my, or my feet, my legs, my tongue, my hands, my throat, my brain, that when my hands move, my eyes, every, any of my limbs move, may the sound of, the, of those movements, may they together, all those sounds, may they, may they join together to create the song or to express the song of my neshama. The song of my soul. And the praises of Hashem, that they may call out. And he comes back to the Pasuk with which he began. Hashem, I praise you with, with my very life, in every movement, in every second of my life. Every movement, in every soul of my life, every breath of my life. I sing to you with, with all that I have left in me. As long as there's one grain of existence that's left in my body and my soul. Therefore, please, Hashem. I know the lowness of my stature. I know how, how worthless I am. I don't find any way to stand in your prayer. I don't find any worthiness to stand before you. 
And I'm embarrassed to approach your 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 your, 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 your place of COVID. I'm embarrassed to, to approach you. It happens sometimes that I'm so completely afraid and melting inside of me. Next page. But even to approach you, it seems to me to be the greatest chutzpah that I would to even say the words or to even attempt to come near you. It's it's really the greatest chutzpah. It seems like the greatest chutzpah. I feel like I'm the biggest mechutzef to even do this. And misyari ani, I'm I'm terrified. I'm afraid of you. kel and in fear of you, awesome and fearful Hashem. I'm I'm trembling. Ki Is it possible that an idiot, who's karu, who's torn into a million pieces, the chadala noshem, who's who's lacking in the most basic humanity and the weakest of human beings. Could it be, he says, if he recognizes how small he is. How could it be that he that he approaches the chamber of the king who's completely pure? A despicable worm. Disgusting. I'm no more than a disgusting and chutzpedic worm. In light of your of the splendor of your holiness, Kadosh Ram Venisa, Harbe Harbe Maoid, Af Mikola Lomas Akadoshim Hashem, your holiness is infinitely greater than all of the worlds of holiness. Rabban Shalom, therefore, Master of the Universe, Mefachedani, I'm afraid. My heart is even is even melting. My heart is is terrified. Hi, I can't find for myself a place. I don't know how to begin. Maybe I should go hide myself in the cracks of the, of the rocks. I should go hide from your from your greatness. I'm so terrified. My hands on their own. Are driven to tear out the hair, to tear out my hair. I can't find myself. I can't find myself, Hashem. How dare I approach you? Maybe I could hide on the ocean floor. But now the Rebbe says, but the truth is, can I really hide from you? How could I hide from you? But it's not only that I can't hide from you. Even on the ocean floor and in the cracks of the rocks, it's not just that I can't hide from you. Why would I want to hide from you? How could a person want to hide from you? It's true, I'm terrified and I'm worthless and I'm this and I'm that. Other Rabbi says, but it's just the opposite. You, Hashem, who sees all that's hidden. You, Hashem, you're able to see. All that's hidden inside of me. That what? Shekol Ritzayni. That all, all that I want. The Dagosai. And all that I'm worried about. Pachdi Yishu All that I'm afraid. And all that I yearn for. Is one thing. L'skar V'lecha Hashem. To be near you Hashem. And you know that. L'hashlech Asatmi Be'eish Kodshecha. To throw myself into the fire of your holiness. L'itaher B'taharoscha. And to be purified in your in your pureness. Elokai, my God, Va'avi and my Father. Sha'ina, listen, please. Turn towards the Tvilel, Tvilas Avdacha to the Tvila of your servant, Hashofel, who is so low. Hamas Ahmed's Lirchesh Biswasavilibal of Nehbaidecha, who's trying so hard to mumble words with his lips and his heart before you. Vahoyal no lahakshivis vitsaini, please Hashem, listen to what I'm asking, to what I want. And this decision that I have made with my body, my soul, and my soul of souls. That I have made this decision and this commitment to give myself over to you, to be a slave, to be a servant forever. And like some simple and coarse and plain servant, that runs before the chariot of the king, of his master, and he's screaming out, he's calling out, 
Here is the king, everybody. <clears throat> the king has arrived. The king is here. He's Mamashir. Imdu ishtachvu. Therefore, the simple nothing of a slave, of a servant, screams out. Everybody stand up. Ishtachvu. Now, bow down. Throw yourselves before the king. So the Rebbe asks, Kableni gamoni, Hashem. Accept me also. Elokai, my God. Ain't self-infinite one. God of Anora, great and awesome. Levit oilem lecha. To be a slave forever. Help me and support me. Lorutz, that I should be able to run to run before your holy chariot and to scream out to the entire world. To yell out and to proclaim to the whole world. Maharu, quickly, and stand up. Master Hashem is here. You should be afraid, you should be in fear of his greatness. And you should be trembling before the shining uh, splendor of His Holiness. Throw yourselves and, and give up, give up all the, the 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 silly things that you're holding on to. He's Mamashir. Save me, Hashem, and make me worthy. That every single physical act and everything that comes from my nefesh, my ruach, and the shama, truas melachti, and it may all be a great call, a scream, and a cry of the king. And that from everything that I say in my life and everything that I do, may it be that the song of my soul is heard. To myself and to all others. I will be able to bring over myself and others to accept your kingdom. And that to the sweetness of being nullified in your presence, that that's something that, that will be inflamed as, as a result of me. May this never stop. During the times of my happiness and during the times when I cry. In my life and even after I die. When it will be your will to bring my neshama back to you. To the, beneath the throne of your glory. Even then, I never want to rest, Hashem, even after my life. And even the breath of a hair, I will not be silent. Meaning, even the slightest, I won't, I won't be silent even in the smallest way. From singing your great, about your greatness, and from revealing the awesomeness of your, and your greatness in all the worlds, the master of the universe. I beg of you, attach me, connect me to your holy chariot. That I should always be able to run before your chariot. I ask you to give me a long life. This wasn't fulfilled. I ask you to give me a long life. And I tell you, I promise, I won't stop singing your greatness. And I will fill my life with the fear of you. I sing to you, Hashem, with my life. And I will make a song with a little bit that's, with all that's left in me. As long as my body, my soul, my ruach, my neshama, my chayim, my chida, as long as they exist, in whatever world they are, exist, whether it's this world or after my life, forever and ever, I will serve you. For eternity, I will serve you. <clears throat> Alright, as I said, this isn't something that, this itself is not something that we could try to understand. It's something which, the Rebbe is drawing us into his inner circle to experience, to share something of of what he was experiencing. And it's unlike most of the other things that are in this farm. Although there are, in his farm, although there are one or two more things coming up. <coughs> but here for a while he does return to the, 
to his effort to understand as opposed to sharing with us his experiences. But this is the kind of a thing that really, uh, it's, it's, it's important at some point that we share with our children and um, we share with our families to, to uh, do what we can to, to uh, give them a taste of what, of what this amazing person, what this amazing person lived with and what he thought about and what he felt and what was so real to him. And even when we feel embarrassed because we're so absolutely completely far away from this, that's also a simon that it that that it means something to us, and that one day we'll understand this also. One day we'll be able to understand this, and we'll be able to it will make sense to us. Until that time, we should still be able to we should, we should be able to experience something of it in our davening, in our learning, in our kima, in our kima mitzvahs. Huh?